At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Welcome in. It is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you live from the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa. On this Wednesday, February 16th, Wes, one day from the beginning of the L.A. Open slash Genesis Invitational. Five days away from the Great American Race, the Daytona 500. 26 days away until Selection Sunday for the Men's NCAA College Basketball Tournament and, of course, 51 days away from the Masters. Good to be with you again, my friend. Let's talk some college basketball and talk about what we saw on Tuesday night. You and I were covering the Tennessee Volunteers matchup at home with the Kentucky Wildcats, and uh, a great night for Tennessee as they were able to keep their undefeated record at home intact, getting past the Wildcats. And then uh, we also talked about New Mexico. Well, they got it done over Wyoming, so teams uh, for sure, it uh, teams that get excited about getting into the top 25 rankings, oftentimes it doesn't last so long. Yeah, and we'll go to Tennessee and Kentucky for 76-63. Vols get the cover. We gave out the money line. Very small money line, minus 125. Got there pretty easily. Ty Ty Washington did go for Kentucky. Remember, he was questionable leading into the game. Uh, did only play 12 minutes, though, so he is not obviously 100%. And I thought he was the guy in the first meeting in Knoxville that really did the damage against Tennessee only four points last night in 12 minutes. And I think Tennessee's defense was just tremendous. And they're one of the best defensive teams in the country. We mentioned that yesterday. I think they were number five overall nationally in defensive efficiency. Now number four, as Kentucky got held to 0.93 points per possession, didn't really shoot the ball that great. Uh, 18 of 51 from two point range. So Tennessee and Rick Barnes, uh, they've got a good defensive bunch and they showed it last night. They were up by 20 with about five minutes left to go. Kentucky made Made it a little bit more respectable for the final score, but all of a sudden, I think this opened your eye on Tennessee. I don't think this loss for Kentucky really affects them in terms of the macro sense going forward. I still think this is very much a Final Four contender and a national title contender. They've got to get Ty Ty Washington healthy. Jacob Toppin was also battling some injuries, only went 20 minutes last night, but they've got the core, Brady. They've got some young talent, and they've all, they always have really good freshmen, especially the point guard, Ty Ty Washington. 
Washington, but they have veterans on the team, transfer Severe Wheeler out of Georgia, Kellen Grady out of Davidson, Tishibwe and Keon Brooks are both juniors. So this is a more veteran team than Cal usually has, and you mix them with a couple really talented freshmen, they can go a long way. I agree with you. I, I don't think this is time to take a dump on Kentucky because of what we saw on Tuesday night, but it does maybe elevate Tennessee a little bit, and it just shows you how good they are at home as well. Uh, another good game in the Big East, Villanova and Providence on Tuesday night, and we talked about this one, that Villanova trailing Providence in the conference by a couple of games was going to have a chance to catch them because this is the first of two matchups that they will play against Providence in the final five or six games of the season, and they took a step towards capturing the number one spot in that conference last night with the 89-84 victory. Brady, this was one that we talked about yesterday that I eventually stayed out of. I was like, well, I don't know what to do because I think Providence is due for a little bit of regression, and they did not cover the game, and of course they lost the game. You know, Villanova, you want to call it a show them who's boss type of spot, but then you look at it, they didn't really get away from Providence until about the final minute. I think the biggest lead of the game was with seven seconds left to go, and they led by eight. Providence hits a three, so depending on your number, I think it was pretty much four and a half throughout the afternoon, so Villanova Villanova should have covered all numbers uh, depending on where you got it, but Providence is so hard to put away. They've won like every single close game decided by single digits, and that kind of makes its way, Brady, to the national media. There was a notable college basketball writer saying, hey, Providence, that's just what they do. You know, here's the logic. They just win close games. Then when that goes into the national media populace and that gets out there for public consumption, then the exact opposite seems to happen. So Providence finally does not win a close game, but as Ed Cooley said at the end, uh, we are still in first place in the Big East. They're going to get Villanova, I believe, in the regular season finale on March 1st, uh, about two weeks from now. They're going to go to Finner and Pavilion and play Villanova in Philadelphia. So big win for the Wildcats. Colin Gillespie, absolutely huge last night with uh, 33 points in 37 minutes. And he's really the guy, the senior leader and the guard that really stirs the drink for Villanova. Justin Moore added 19. So great job by the Villanova back guard. I thought they really controlled the game and to get 1.24 points per possession that is outstanding offensive work Villanova hit 11 threes they were 20 of 26 from the foul line you're going to win a lot of games when you do that they certainly found their stride in that contest and I think they may be uh, ready to peak at the right time here Jay Wright's Villanova Wildcats remember how on uh, Tuesday I said I'm keep I keep waiting for Duke to slip mm-hmm. they, they almost did again yes. and they, yes. they just continue to win games yeah they got like a dunk at the buzzer a put back dunk and they're able to hang on to beat the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest 76 to 74 and like I say they just keep finding a way to win even Coach K had to step away I guess he was feeling a little bit dizzy and reports are that he's going to be just fine but uh, he wasn't there for the entire contest there on the sidelines to lead his team but Duke again comes out with a victory yeah John Shire who will be the head coach as of April once coach this season concludes for Duke we'll see how far they run it but he basically served as the as the head coach coach last night and Duke got up by 19, 15 minutes left to go. I took Wake Forest plus 10, and I was like, eh, I'm about to write this off. Wake Forest makes a big run. And then what eventually happens when you get the underdog, Brady, we often talk about under, uh, overtime is where underdogs go to die. 
And that's what you were worried about with Wake Forest. I was like, here we go. They're going to go to overtime. Then Duke's going to go on like a 15-3 run out of the shoot and put it away. And look, Mark Williams with that tip and dunk that they actually had to review, it just got off the rim because they initially ruled it basket interference. And he got it right when it got off the rim and dunked it in. Point two seconds left to go. They put a couple ticks back off the clock. Wake Forest almost hit a miracle shot to go ahead and win the game. But Duke is one of those teams that are obviously Final Four contenders. They have three superstar freshmen, including one, Paulo Bonchero. He's going to be a top three to five lottery pick, you would think, this June. A.J. Griffin had 12 last night. Trevor Keel's only seven points. But they always have talent. And then Mark Williams is probably going to go in the lottery, the seven-foot sophomore that got the put-back dunk last night. So Duke has the depth. They have the shooting. Not the best defensively, though, and you kind of saw a little some cracks in that wall defensively last night when Wake Forest went on that big run. They were getting them in transition, and they were aggressive. They were going right to the basket. They didn't play scared, hit some big threes, and that got them back in the game, and Duke was life and death just to hold on. What are your thoughts on Michigan State? We talked about that on Tuesday's show as well, that uh, Tom Izzo's kind of been ahead of schedule. Usually he really peaks towards late February, early March, and time for the tournament, but he's really been playing pretty good basketball or coaching pretty good basketball anyway for the Spartans for a few weeks now, if not a couple of months, Uh, but they fall to Penn State last night. The first time in 15 meetings, it was just the third time in 15 meetings that they had lost to Penn State. 62 to 58, your final. This is a team that also fell to Rutgers recently, so are are you all in on Sparty or not so much? I am not, and uh, this is one I didn't play the side. Eventually got on the under. I know we were talking talking about this game in preview yesterday and this was an absolute rock fight and look we know that Penn State even though they're in a rebuild first year head coach Micah Shrewsbury there in State College they always tend to knock off one or two big guys in the Big Ten no matter where they are in the standings and they certainly did so last night against Michigan State and I saw an interesting tweet on Twitter I, I don't have the tweeter who made that tweet I'd like to give that tweeter credit but The myth is that Tom Izzo's teams played their best basketball in February and March. But if you look at the last five seasons, Brady, that record in terms of against the number, at least – 24 31 and one. Mm. So you would have well, if maybe the odds makers are uh, they've caught on, in, right? They've absolutely caught on. So I think when you're looking at that, sometimes, you know, a myth kind of hangs around a little bit and lingers. And this one certainly has because everybody, when everybody says it's like, oh, Tom Izzo in March, can't go against Tom Izzo in March, especially like a lot of the mainstream media, college basketball reporters that don't really know a lot about betting or, or don't have an adept knowledge of the subject and just kind of go you know with what the results are they would tell you that okay Michigan State they're like unbeatable this time of year not so much against the number well and maybe that number should be three and a half and the next thing you know it's up to five and a half or six and a half and that probably has to do with some of those results because like you say the influence the narrative that is out there about Tom Izzo this time of the year uh Wes I don't know if you want me to bring this one up but uh things are looking tough for you go ahead and talk about it Brady this will be (laughs) therapy for the last two minutes of the segment (laughs) Indiana fall to Wisconsin, 74 to 69. I know Matt Humans and Jeff Parles were both on the Wisconsin Badgers over your Hoosiers, and we talked about this as well when we previewed on Tuesday. This might have been a do-or-die type of game for Indiana mm-hmm. in order to advance to the postseason. Yeah, this was a loser. I gave out uh, gave out two or three winners yesterday, but this was a loser on here at minus 155 on the money line. Indiana had a seven-point lead, about 10 minutes left to go, and basically the result.
result of it. We can go through all the numbers. This was basically just the story of Indiana against Wisconsin for the last 20 years, and I tweeted about it last night. Wisconsin, by the way, I believe since 1999 is 31-9 overall against Indiana wow. in terms of basketball. Just just straight up results here. And what you saw last night, Wisconsin's the tougher team, and they're the tougher program. I thought Indiana got out tough. Now, everybody tweeted at me, some fellow IU fans, well, you went 5 of 18 for 3, and you don't have a lot of shooters. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You don't have great guard play. Yes, you're right. But they also got out tough because this was a nip-and-tuck game that's like, okay, who's going to out-tough the other team? Who's going to make the plays when you need to make the plays? And it was Wisconsin doing so. Johnny Davis, 30 points, 12 rebounds. He absolutely should be a Naismith player of the year candidate. Trace Jackson Davis, for his part, for Indiana, 30 points and 8 rebounds. Just not a lot of support around him, especially from that backcourt. We also thought it might be a good spot for the Cincinnati Bearcats taking on Memphis. That did not work out for Cincinnati as they they lost and did not cover the number 81 to 74 in favor of the Memphis Tigers. When we come back, we'll take a look at the futures market for the college basketball national championship right here on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. We'll be right back. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back into the Lombardi line. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you, filling in for Patrick Maher and Michael Lombardi. And we want to continue the college basketball conversation looking at the futures market because I tell you what, we are not that far away from crowning a championship in the NCAA basketball tournament. Gonzaga is your favorite, and most people believe that is deservedly so on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. At plus 450 is the number I'm seeing here. These are courtesy of BetMGM. Kentucky 
Kentucky the second choice at 8-1, to one, and maybe you can find that a little higher after last night's loss to Tennessee. You have a handful of teams at 10-1, to one, UCLA at 18-1, to one, Kansas I thought was a little bit interesting at 14-1, to one. but Wes, I want to discuss this futures market with you and find out if you think it's maybe good to bet on this team now or maybe wait where that number could drift a little bit and you could get a better price. One team I wanted to discuss was Villanova. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I thought that was a big-time win that they got on Tuesday night against a conference rival in the Providence Friars. We know this team's history of not only national championships but how they perform in the tournament. 18-1, to and if again, if they go on to beat Providence again and they end up taking that conference, this number's going to get lower. So I thought on this one, maybe it was good to fire now. Yeah, of those teams, and this is kind of like the chalk column here with the top 10 teams, obviously a lot of odds have drifted down. They're probably the team of those 10 that are listed on that graphic that really have the most value. Right now, 20 and 6. They're currently still second in the Big East, but they had beaten what was the best team at that point, being Providence. This is a team Obviously, Jay Wright has two national championships. They always have uh, championship pedigree there. They have two or uh, three senior starters, including a senior guard and Colin Gillespie. Senior guards win you games in the NCAA tournament, Brady. So, absolutely. And I think Villanova absolutely has those. And you look at what Villanova brings to the table. Number one is a team. They are number one in America in terms of three throw shooting, 82.6%. That wins you games also in the NCAA tournament because what do we see with these college basketball games? It always comes if they're close to like foul fest down at the end. So you need teams that can step up and make the, the foul shots. Their tempo, if you look at the adjusted tempo, 348 out of like 358 Division One teams. So they will get in transition, but they will also control the tempo. And Villanova also, if you look at an angle in terms of when we all look at these Ken Palm numbers, we all look at the adjusted offensive efficiency, adjusted defense, defensive efficiency, et cetera, et cetera. So when you look at like the recent years in terms of who fits the mold, going back to 2002, every national champion has at least at the bare minimum been in the top 25 in adjusted offensive efficiency with the exception of UConn in 2014. They were 57. Remember, that was uh, former coach Kevin Ollie, and they got on that big run and UConn just got on a roll. They ran through the Big East tournament, should have got beaten the first round by St. Joe. They survived that and they ran it all the way to the national championship. So Villanova absolutely qualifies being number five in the country in terms of adjusted uh, offensive of efficiency and then another trend you can look at since 2002 all but one national champion has had a combined offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency ranking of less than 50. Every single one of them, and who was the one outlier? Of course, the team I just mentioned, UConn, 2014. They were 57 in offense and 12 in defense. But that's usually what you're looking at, too. And look, you see it get priced accordingly in the market. But Villanova at 18-1, to of those teams, if you're going to bet it right now, I think has the most value. Go to the next column here, and these are kind of the mid-tier shots, anywhere from about 20 to 60 to 1 to cut down the nets in New Orleans. And a team that caught my eye in that column was Illinois at 20 to 1. I I think this team is pretty darn good. Now, you may want to wait just half a minute because this team has a tough game against Rutgers tonight. Mm -hmm. And uh, if they lose that game, then maybe it'll drift up to 25 to 1 or so. But, you know, I I don't know if I want to fire on it now at 20 to 1, but I think 
think there might be an opportunity to jump on Illinois. They were actually the one that kind of stood out to me as well, Brady, when I when I was looking at that. Because Illinois, if you look, uh, I mentioned about how teams that have the combined offensive and defensive efficiency ranking under 50, with the exception of that one that I mentioned, have won the national championship since 2002. I believe that there are right now 11 teams that qualify for that mm. in terms of uh, of having this ranking below 50. Actually, add one because Tennessee, I believe, does too. But Tennessee, that offense, I think they still need to improve a little bit. But if you look at the teams when you combine the offensive and defensive efficiency adjusted rankings, Gonzaga, Kentucky, Arizona, Houston, Baylor, Auburn, Villanova, Duke, UCLA, Kansas. Those were all listed on that first column. And then the other one was one, Illinois. Mm. Uh, and you look at that, at their rankings right now. Number one, they have a, a, a pretty dominant big man, at least at the yes. college level, in terms of Kofi Coburn. Very tough to play against. They have veteran guards with uh, Frazier and Plummer. Right now, Illinois, number 23 in offensive efficiency, number 23 in defensive efficiency. So, you know, this is an experience bunch uh they have four senior starters and Kofi Coburn is a junior and also the uh Andre Curbelo the sophomore now he's battled some injury he's really probably their most talented guard but he's just been in and out of the lineup but all of a sudden Illinois you know coming together a little bit uh, 18 and 6 11 and 3 in the Big Ten Big Ten still a very good league I rank it number two in the country so Illinois Purdue and Wisconsin right now kind of on that top tier and then Ohio State Michigan State and Rutgers in terms of conference record or just right below, but Illinois was kind of a team that stood out to me, too. I know a lot of people love Texas Tech, and I do, too, and Mark Adams, they haven't missed a beat with him as head coach with Chris Beard now at Texas, who's also on that grid there at 40-1. to 1. Texas Tech, Texas, Tennessee, all very good defensive teams, but I need them to improve their offense a little bit more because if you watch these teams, they really struggle to get baskets and they go into scoring droughts and you cannot have that in the NCAA tournament. You get a five minute drought. This is a one and done deal. You're going home and you're going to be out of the draw. So those are causes for concern. I think for those teams, the final column here where we get into the longer shots, anybody from about 60 to a hundred to one and a couple caught my eye there. One, I already have a ticket on. And again, I have a bad number on Arkansas. I bought it very early in the season when they were struggling and, they lost about three games out of the gate in conference. I could have gotten probably 100 to 1 or even higher on the Razorbacks, but maybe I have 50 to 1. Maybe it'll eventually come back. Right now, it's it's at 80 to 1, and this team's pretty hot right now. So this is one I thought maybe go ahead and buy on the 80 to 1 with the Razorbacks. I just like Eric Musselman. We saw what he did in the tournament last year. I kind of have a feeling he's going to be back and have a chance. The other one I looked at, Wes, and I'd like to get your opinion, and this is kind of the Tom Izzo storyline. You know, his teams always play well in March. Dana Altman's teams always seem to show up in the tournament, and Oregon is listed there at 100-1. to They may not get into the dance, Mm -hmm. but as of right now, they're probably in. Would you take a shot with the Ducks or maybe wait to get a better number than 100-1? to I might wait on the Ducks, and you're right about Dana Altman, and I think he's a terrific coach, but if you look at Oregon over the last like few weeks, they have had some head-scratching results. They lost to Cal at home and lost convincingly 
surprisingly, too. Yeah, they 14 lost by point 14. favorites. Yes, uh, and lost by 14 over the weekend. They lost to Colorado at home. Uh, they barely got by Utah on the road. I think our own Ben Wilson actually was on the play-by-play for that game for Fox Sports 1, so shout-out to Ben. But they've had some really inexplicable losses. They lost to Arizona State at home back in December. And and then they go beat UCLA yeah, and USC. Yeah, yeah, swept them on the road, the SoCal sweep. So maybe they get right. I don't, I mean, they're probably looking at a four or five seed, you would say, in the Pac-12 tournament, Arizona, the obvious favorite, Arizona and UCLA. But Oregon, I, I need to see how they finish the season because they've had some head-scratching losses. Of the teams that I was kind of looking at right there, this, there is a team that had really high expectations going into the season. And you look at their record, they are 13-10 and 10 right now overall and only 7-6 and six in conference play. And maybe that could be the Michigan Wolverines, who I mm-hmm. think have been a little bit better lately. Still not and still well below expectations. I saw them live earlier this year right over here at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas against Arizona. And they absolutely got smacked around by Arizona. And that was a real eye-opener for me because Michigan, I think everybody kind of had them in their top 10 going into the preseason. And they've been a disappointment. They just lost to Ohio State on Saturday. Now, they got two straight road games. They got to go to Iowa tomorrow. And then they got to go to Wisconsin on Sunday. You see them get one or even sweep that road series, those two road games. Maybe this is a team to pay attention to going forward. Well, and that number is going to change. So if you buy into your theory there, maybe it's a buy now on Michigan at 100 to 1. When we come back on the other side, we'll be joined by Steve Mackinnon, the editor of VEASAN's online digital publication, Point Spread Weekly. We'll continue talking college basketball. We'll do NBA, and it's also NASCAR season. They're going to kick it off with the Daytona 500. We'll see what Steve thinks about the great American race when we come back on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VSIN all access to everything we do from now through the College Basketball Championship on April the 4th for only $29. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to vsin.com with our exclusive betting splits breakdowns on every game. This deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. Visit vsin.com slash madness to sign up today. Steve Mackinnon now joins us. He is the editor of VEASAN's online digital publication, Point Spread Weekly, available to VEASAN subscribers every Wednesday about this time of the morning. And you can follow Mr. Mackinnon at Steve Mackinnon. Steve, good to be talking with you again, once again, my friend. And I don't know if you've been listening to Wes and I, but we uh, have had a mouthful of college basketball conversation here. And, of course, uh, that is heavy uh, on your plate in this issue of Point Spread Weekly. You were able to look into something. I thought it was an interesting and also very useful article that you wrote this week for Point Spread Weekly where you were looking at teams with rest, teams playing just a couple of days, teams not having played for four or five days, and where there might be some betting advantages in college basketball with those scheduling spots. Uh, yeah, Brady. Hey, tell you what, great to be with you guys again. I I, I miss talking to you guys. Uh, you both look great. And I got to tell you, Brady, I love the, the T-shirt under the, uh, the coat look, the VEASAN T-shirt. Fantastic look for you there. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're too kind, Steve. Yeah. The, the article you're talking about, yeah, I, 
so on Saturday, as I went through kind of prepping for my, my day of college basketball betting that day, I, I started thinking to myself, wow, there's a lot of differences in the rest because uh, of the of the way the teams are have had to reschedule games. Uh, so you get two teams in a matchup, and one might be on a couple days rest, one's on four or five days rest. And what I found out is it has made a big difference, especially as you come down the, the, the month of February. Uh, it, it seems like the it's sort of the, the schedule's getting log jammed, if you will. Uh, teams are playing more than a couple days a week. Sometimes they're playing three days a week, and it makes a big difference. So what I did is I went and checked uh, this month on the difference between rest dates, and if teams are on short rest, and I call that playing a back-to-back or playing on a single day of rest against a team that's on longer rest, the, the team with the short rest has struggled. 32, 49, and three going into Monday, and since then, one and three against the spread. Yeah, and and what's really interesting about this, Steve, when I looked into it, the trend, I think, in the regular season, it's been bad for these teams on short rest. I know the Mountain West kind of not used to that schedule out here. They've been having times where they've had three games in five days, and a lot of the coaches have been complaining about it. I know Brian Dutcher at San Diego State was certainly very vocal about this. But I find this interesting, like in the regular season, because when you look at conference tournaments, one angle I often like to play, and I know you'll be having some stuff out in the next couple of of point spread weekly on that is when you get a team that plays like the day before against a team that has the bye, the rested team, you would think it would favor the rested team, but it usually does not, especially like in the first half. It seems like that team that's been in that one and done situation in a conference tournament, they've got the advantage early. Yeah, I think we're going to find that that actually goes both ways. Some tournaments, some tournaments, it's one way and other right. tournaments it goes completely opposite. So I, I, like you said, we will have more on that in the coming weeks. Now, for this thing with the regular season, I think this this foundation is in two ways. One, you have the fatigue element, uh, playing multiple games in, in uh, just a few days. And two, it's a break from the routine that these coaches and players are used to. So you, you get a different little level of preparation for the games. And I think anytime you get that in any sport, it provides for some, I guess, some line opportunity. Steve, of course, you have uh, your weekly updated power ratings for college basketball in this week's edition of Point Spread Weekly as well. You have Gonzaga on top, like most uh, boards of power ratings uh, do that I have seen. Wes and I were just discussing the futures market as far as teams that are a good shot to win the national championship. According to your power ratings versus what the odds makers are posting right now, do you see any teams that might be undervalued a little bit by the odds makers and could be worth the future shot okay so one of the things i like to look for especially as we get towards tournament time is are the teams at the top of my effective strength rating because that basically will maybe underscore if a team might be a little better or a little worse than it's perceived to be the team that's second in this category right now is arizona they're about 2.8 points less than gonzaga now on typical power ratings you'll find them four or five points worse so Arizona might be a team to consider. Uh, they, they played most of this effective strength training uh, was developed early in the season, but they're still playing very good basketball, and I still think they're a threat come tournament time. 
Steve, a uh, couple big events here this weekend. Of course, uh, I'll let Brady get to the NBA All-Star Game and All-Star Weekend festivities in Cleveland. But we do have racing back. We have the Great American Race. We just got done with the Super Bowl in the NFL. Now we got the Super Bowl for NASCAR. That is the Daytona 500. New cars this year, these new next-gen cars where teams, uh, they got out on the track uh, yesterday in terms of the practice. We're going to have the dual races on Thursday. Based on what you find over the year, and look, when we do this week to week, it's usually the same half dozen to maybe eight guys that you're always mentioning, the Denny Hamlins, the Kyle Larsons, the Kyle Bushes, Martin Truex Jr. But I think in the Daytona 500 especially, and with all these restrictor plate races, the four on the schedule, these are kind of the races where you get big prices down the board if you're going future shopping. Absolutely, Wes. If if there's one race a year where you're going to just choose to wing it, maybe play some underdogs, this is it. Uh, Michael McDowell won this last year's 100-to-1 mm-hmm. underdog. So you got to think of that. The, the reason that happens is these, crowd, these cars are so packed together in drafts, you get an accident and can wipe out 10 to 15 of the favorites. So that automatically leads to a great opportunity to play some underdogs, especially if they're maybe riding towards the back a little bit. And maybe have a strategy to move up towards the ends of the race. So you got to kind of maybe watch the news wires for any type of strategy releases. But there are some definitely intriguing drivers on on the list that would be considered underdogs. You got to maybe think of a guy like a Austin Sindrick, uh, Team Penske, who stepped into the Brad Keselowski car for this season. Uh, he, Keselowski is well known, and that Penske team well known for being very good at uh, facilities like Daytona and Talladega. So. Um, something to keep an eye on, watch the duels, watch the practice sessions and qualifying sessions. And, uh, you should have a pretty good idea of which cars are capable of winning if they can stay out of trouble. And Brady, interestingly enough, Steve brings up Michael McDowell, who is a guy I was looking at at 70 to one. He is not only the defending Daytona 500 winner. He actually leads the cup series with nine top 15 finishes over the past 10 Daytona points races. And as Steve mentioned, being in the back, sometimes not always the worst because you know, you get the big one is what it called in the restrictor plate races where you get 15, 18 cars in a wreck. This is plate racing. This is pack racing. It's tight. Somebody gets into the bumper in the turn and all of a sudden you got demolition derby out there. So that's one reason why you look at the, at the Michael McDowell's or one I was looking at Christopher bell. I've seen him as high as 30 to one. He actually won Daytona in terms of the road course race that they had last year. So uh, Steve, I know it was only one day of practice. Did you see anything different about these cars that would change your handicapping from that standpoint or is it just okay the teams with the best equipment the teams with the biggest owners are going to win most of the races well I'll tell you what you mentioned an interesting guy there mcdowell he was fast yesterday uh for ford in general was much faster than than chevy and toyota so that's something to consider here uh they may be a little bit ahead of the curve when it comes to uh, these we call them play tracks uh, as far as the speed that maybe they've been able to pull out of it so far. So something very interesting if they work together as a team, uh, Ford needs kind of a rebound year. They had an off season last year, particularly Stuart Haas was uh, very ineffective. Uh, it was Chevy last year that really dominated. So 
definitely something to watch is the Fords this weekend. Steve, uh, before we get out of here, of course, we have the NBA All-Star Game taking place on Sunday, and you have an article up uh, in Point Spread Weekly about this game. Uh, is this even bettable, this this exhibition? Are, are you recommending any sort of edge that you were able to find on the NBA All-Star Game? <laughs> okay, so I, I'm telling you, this is very difficult to watch, and I, I know people are going to watch it, and if you're going to watch it, you're probably going to bet it. Uh, I have a method that I've used over the past 11 years now for projecting the uh, effective point spread of the game. And uh, it's gone 7-3-1 during that time against the spread. So uh, I take the Hollinger player efficiency ratings off of ESPN and project the minutes uh, and to get, if you want to call it an effective team power rating for each one. And uh, for this year, it looks like it could be a sort of a one-sided game here. LeBron has definitely picked a better team. Uh, if we're looking at a total in about the 320 range again, I'm projecting about a, a 12 or 13 point win for Team LeBron. So very rare that an all-star game line would get to be that high. But this is sort of a, uh, a mismatch, if you will. All right. We've got a bet on the all-star game, Wes. Got to get me something to have to watch this thing because I'm just not. I mean, it's not quite the Pro Bowl where it was two hand touch, but usually this All Star game is like, okay, it's an exhibition. And then in the fourth quarter, we get serious and actually try to play defense. Steve, thank you very much. Go ahead. Quite defenseless, guys. So, yeah, uh, watch the fourth quarter, I guess. All right, my man. Great to talk to you again. Enjoy the All Star game. And, of course, enjoy the great American race, Steve. We'll be right back with more NBA right here on the Lombardi line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer in the NBA. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on any game. If either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use the bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use the bonus code 
code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. It's a new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Well, Wes, it is time to dive into the association, the card in the NBA for your Wednesday. And we'll begin with the 4 o'clock Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern games, the Atlanta Hawks at the Orlando Magic and Orlando making the trip back across country where they were just beaten in Denver on Monday. Atlanta lost in Boston on Sunday, then beat Cleveland at home last night. So a back-to-back for the Hawks, and they're back on the road once again tonight in Florida. The Atlanta Hawks opened as four-and-a-half-point favorites with a total of 226-and-a-half, and they've seen some money here. Now up to six-point favorites, and the over has taken a hit as well as we're up to 229. Cleveland 124 to 116. But if you look at Atlanta, they've been, I think, kind of one of the more disappointing teams in the NBA. Remember, they made the they had that run to the East Finals and got eliminated by Milwaukee. Trey Young kind of emerged as that superstar. All of a sudden, Atlanta finds themselves in the number 10 spot in that play-in range because now in the NBA playoffs, you have 7 through 10, where 7 plays 8, 9 plays 10, and the winner of the 7-8 gets into the main draw, and then the loser has to play the winner of 9 and 10. Did you like that last year? You know, I thought it was an interesting wrinkle. I thought it was, you know, something different. I really didn't mind it. Usually, I don't like change for change's sake when you go into, like, these playoff formats, but I actually didn't mind it. It kept more teams kind of alive for playoff contention, but nevertheless, Atlanta to find themselves in the 10 spot, only a half a game ahead of the Wizards. And in uh, reading, doing some NBA reading this morning, uh, JVT has a nice piece up at vcin.com where he recaps the first half of the season because tonight and tomorrow are going to be the last two NBA card nights before we get to All-Star Weekend this weekend, of course, in Cleveland. And when you're looking at the worst teams against the number, one of the worst teams against the number are the Atlanta Hawks. 23 And weren't they one of the one. best last year? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it is caught up with them and they're one and four straight up in ATS. I believe they're they're uh, you know, recently, but it, they've gotten a little better when I mentioned that record 23, 32 and one, you know, and that's not very good, but they've actually been better about the last two, three weeks. And look, they still have Trey Young is one of the best offensive players in the league. This is a team that could be at least after the all-star break, a bet on team. They've already been bet this morning because the Orlando magic are simply just one of the worst teams in a league. 13 and 46. Uh, they'll be a contender for the ping pong balls yes, uh, they will. in the uh, NBA draft lottery to maybe get the number one pick and they need all the help they can get. No play for me at this time, but uh, we have seen a move to the Atlanta side and of course to the over. I think I saw some 226 and a half in the overnight seeing as high as 229 and a half in the market. 4.30 p.m. Pacific, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, the Pistons at the Celtics and boy, we were talking about that Celtics 76ers game on mm-hmm. Tuesday. They absolutely pounded Philadelphia. 48-point win, 135-87 to 87 the final. And how do you follow up that with a back-to-back 
uh, game at home tonight, hosting the Detroit Pistons. Boston has now won nine in a row, and the Pistons have lost eight in a row. They might be in that ping-pong ball party with Orlando as well. The Celtics, they did see some money here, though. The Celtics opened as 13-point favorites, your total at 214-and-a-half, and now it's down to 12-and-a-half in favor of Boston, so a little bit of trickle there on Detroit, and your totals also ticked down to 213. Yeah, I'll go with this not only in a macro sense, but in this specific game tonight against the Pistons. Boston looks to be kind of one of those sneaky, under-the-radar teams. Now, they keep winning. They're not going to be under the radar anymore, but this might be a team if you're wanting to, like, skirt the chalk in the Eastern Conference, and right now, in terms of those standings, Miami and the Bulls are atop, but Milwaukee, obviously, the defending NBA champion, then defending Eastern Conference champion. Philadelphia, I think, going to get some support after the deadline. Brooklyn, even though they're currently the eight seed, they're going to get support, and a team that's kind of been ignored is the Boston Celtics. Defensively, They've been terrific, 105.9 points per 100 possession, uh, best defensive rating in the league according to Cleaning the Glass. They've got really good wings and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I think they're kind of coming into their own. They just got Derek White in a trade from the San Antonio Spurs. So all of a sudden you got this team now in the sixth seed where they're out of that play-in scenario in those seven through ten spots. So Boston is a team that I think you're going to want to look to be on. I think that they are very much under the radar and they're going to keep rising up the stand. Now, to this game specifically, and we talked about this last night, Brady, and there were a couple games. That game right before the All-Star break, Mm -hmm. it is tough to lay a big number, and I think there were a couple double-digit favorites last night. One of them were the Milwaukee Bucks against the Indiana Pacers. Indiana Pacers did cover the game. They did lose in Milwaukee, but Milwaukee was double digits. They only won by nine, and then you saw that late game with the Suns against the Clippers. I think the Suns closed as high as 13-point favorites. Clippers were in at the whole game and the Suns just had too much down the end and they won the game but only won the game by seven so even uh, with a hot team like Boston against a bad team like Detroit boy I'm lukewarm laying 12 and a half uh, necessarily here because I just think when you got that last game because some guys are going to go to all-star weekend in Cleveland and then some guys are going to have a weekend away maybe they go back to their old college their old alma mater for a game and get honored for something a jersey retirement or just kind of go back home or maybe they spend a weekend in Vegas or go spend a weekend you know in some resort or something they take a brief vacation because you don't get a very long respite on this all-star break so you got guys thinking about that so I often think it's very hard to lay a big double-digit favorite in that spot. Well, apparently some people in the market are agreeing with you there because it has dipped down a little bit from the opener, which was Boston by 13. And like you say, now Boston minus 12 and a half. Uh, Speaking of your Indiana Pacers, they are at home tonight welcoming the Washington Wizards to to town. And uh, your poor Pacers, they've dropped seven straight now, Wes. But like you say, they put up a fight against Milwaukee. They were catching 13 or 14 in that game. They were able to cover the double-digit spread there. Now, Washington is off of a win, but they have lost seven of their last ten. This game opened up at Pickham, and it's still basically Pickham everywhere. I have seen some minus ones pop up on your Indiana Pacers, West. Your total at 226. Pacers have lost four straight at home, and clearly the trade deadline now has uh, come and gone, and we go back to last Thursday. One of the big sellers or rebuilders 
were the Indiana Pacers because the Pacers pretty much for my entire life of supporting this team, or at least since the late 1980s, they've always been a retooler, Brady. Mm-hmm. They've never been a rebuilder. They've never really had a chance to kind of rebuild this team because they've they've either been one of the top few teams in the league or they've kind of again been in the basketball purgatory of being in the middle where you it, you got to nail that draft pick. And it's so hard to nail a pick when you're drafting 15th than when you're drafting, you know, second or third or fourth or somewhere in the top five. So Pacers uh, shorthanded right now. Miles Turner's obviously been out. Chris Duarte battling that toe injury out indefinitely. Malcolm Brogdon's been in and out. Achilles injury. Isaiah Jackson, uh, the other first-round draft pick for the Pacers, uh, who's been, I think, a real revelation. Questionable with an ankle injury. We know Brad Beal out for the Wizards. Right now, the Wizards do find themselves on the outside looking in for the playoffs. Both these teams, they actually played each other in that play-in scenario last year. But That's right. The, the Wizards, I that. believe, are uh, a half a game back of the Atlanta. Hawks right now. Pacers obviously 19 and 40. They're going nowhere. And I don't want to say that they tank because I do think that they got some assets in that trade. They got Tyrese Halliburton Mm -hmm. who I think is maybe a guard for the future. And they did what they had to do because you got to rebuild. You were going nowhere with this team. So it looks like the uh, Pacers, I think we're about one in the overnight, still one, still pick him here. No play for me. Small lean to the over, though. All right, real quick, uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, 4.30 Pacific. You've got the Nets at the Knicks, and both of these teams played on Monday. Brooklyn defeated the Sacramento Kings to snap a nine-game losing streak, and the Knicks lost to Oklahoma City in overtime. They've now dropped two in a row after winning eight straight. Now, no Kevin Durant, no Kyrie Irving, and, of course, no longer any James Harden Mm -hmm. there for the Nets and the Knicks opened as a four and a half point favorite. We're still there with the Knicks laying four and a half, the total at 217. Yeah, Knicks were one of the few season wins I played this year and I played them under. It looks like it's on good pace 25 and 33, but go back to what Will Hill said on this program yesterday. I don't know how far the Nets are going to go if if there's not some changes in New York State in terms of uh, the uh, vaccination policy, so obviously that affects Kyrie Irving. So uh, small lean to the Knicks here, but no play for me. Yeah, I am not a buyer on the Nets as far as going all the way. When we come back, we head back to the college ranks right here on the Lombardi line at v At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.